We want to update you now on our top story that's been developing out of Southern California for the past several hours. A, uh, an apparent mass suicide in a luxury mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, about 20 miles north of San Diego. Uh, planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. Theories of the third kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course Danielson, yo guys, and Anna. Hello, you guys. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you would like to help us out, then there is a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today we released a Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the Nexium Cult. Also, we have several more episodes already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure, such as The Dancing Israelis, Secret Nazi Space Program, Cults, Disney Darkness, Isaac Cappy, McMartin's Satanic Preschool, Clinton Body Count, FEMA, and much more, which you get access to, all of it, for just five bucks a month. Another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the shop button. Then you can see all the merch we have for sale. T-shirts, hats, all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon and any of the merchandise goes to bettering the show. Also, I know that times are tough right now, so if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes. That helps us out a ton. If you don't want to leave one, though, then that is fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also, on our site, you can click the voicemail button and leave us a voicemail anonymously with your phone, and we will play it at the end of the show each week. So today's episode is Heaven's Gate. How this episode will go today is that we will first cover a quick overview of what Heaven's Gate is. Then we'll go into Marshall Applewhite, which is the founder. Then we'll go into the foundation of the cult, following the deaths surrounding it, and then the current happenings, then into strange facts and findings, and of course, wrap it all up with our personal thoughts and theories. So, with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. So, what is Heaven's Gate? Heaven's Gate is the name of one of the most notorious cults in the United States history. This group had an obsession with UFOs. In the March of 1997, the entire cult would commit suicide. Odd theories, speculations, and rumors surround the event, such as spacecraft, UFOs, and even the CIA. 
Now, to understand this cult, like always, we have to start at the beginning, and as we know, every cult has a leader. The leader and creator of Heaven's Gate was an individual named Marshall Applewhite. So Marshall Applewhite was born in Texas on May 17th of 1931. He grew up in a very religious household. His father was a Presbyterian minister, and his family attended church weekly. Applewhite graduated high school, went to Austin College, and earned a bachelor's degree in philosophy in 1952. Around this time, Marshall met a woman named Ann Pierce, and they got married and had two children together. In 1954, he was drafted by the U.S. Army and served in Austria and New Mexico as a member of the Army Signal Corps. He left the military in 1956 and enrolled at the University of Colorado, where he earned a master's degree in music. Applewhite then got a teaching position at the University of Alabama, but he was fired from his position there after he had a sexual relationship with a male student. Of course, his wife found out about the sexual encounter and then divorced him. In 1972, Marshall decided to go to a psychiatric hospital where he said that he had hoped to find a cure for his homosexual desires. So at this psychiatric hospital, he meets a nurse named Bonnie Nettles. After talking for a little while, they both realized that they had an interest in biblical prophecies. Marshall then told Bonnie that he was convinced that the two were bonded somehow because they had met in a previous life. Bonnie then told Marshall that she knew they'd meet someday because extraterrestrials had preordained their encounter. Keep in mind, this was at a psychiatric hospital and she was supposed to be the nurse. Mm. So Bonnie also told Marshall that a monk from the 1800s often had conversations with her and provided her with life guidance. So, of course, with Bonnie and Marshall sharing these experiences together, they came up with an idea. They said, hey, let's form a cult. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, that's the next step. Always the next step, right? What else would you do? You go to a psychiatric hospital and you talk to the nurse there. She's supposed to be helping you, not encouraging you. But she believes it too, so. Yeah. She was helping get back into society and make friends. Not the right kind of friends, but. <laughs> but all right. Together, the two blended multiple religious teachings from the New Testament with various bits of mysticism, astrology, reincarnation, and science fiction, as well as aspects of Applewhite's Presbyterian upbringing. Bonnie and Applewhite said that they were bonding their efforts together to ultimately be able to ascend to a higher plane of existence and ultimately reach the kingdom of heaven. They believed that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher level minds than other people. They wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as a Texan, a thinly veiled reference to Applewhite. Right. <laughs> Aaron's, Aaron's Jesus over there. He's from Texas. Oh, my goodness. Oh. That's why we started a cult. Got it. It's coming together fine. It is. It really is. So furthermore, they concluded that they were the two witnesses described in the book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. They believed that they would be killed and then restored to life and in view of others transported onto a spaceship. This event which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. 
So of course Bonnie and Applewhite wanted to start spreading this message and getting people to sign up. So in 1973, they began to travel around the U.S. Applewhite and Bonnie eventually ended up in Oregon, spreading their word. Now this next part is one of our favorites. So Applewhite told a group of 20 people in Oregon that an alien spaceship was going to arrive in Colorado and pick them up. These people believed him. So much so that they left their families and all their belongings and traveled with Applewhite and Bonnie to Colorado. Once they arrived there, Applewhite took them out to a field where they laid down in the grass and waited for the UFO. But guess what? It never came. (laughs) This, of course, pissed the group off and all of them left except one. Well, hell yeah, man. You just got rid of your entire life savings to go lay out in a field and not have a UFO come. I bet he almost got his ass beat. You're damn right he probably did. Oh, man. I bet he took off running in that field. It's not coming. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Left little Billy at home with his mom only now. Got abandoned. Damn. Now, that's where the story of where the father went to go get milk and never came back. Yeah. Except he went with Applewhite to go look at a UFO. So in 1975, Applewhite was arrested for failing to return a rental car. He was jailed for six months for that. In jail, he further developed his theology. And then after his release, he traveled to California and Oregon with Bonnie, eventually gaining a group of committed followers. Applewhite and Bonnie told their followers that they would be visited by extraterrestrials who would provide them with new bodies, and he would physically ascend to a spaceship where their bodies would be transformed. But later, he came to believe that their bodies were the mere containers of their souls, which would later be placed into new bodies. This caused the group to receive a big influx of funds, which Applewhite and Bonnie used to actually pay for housing and other expenses. So then in 1976, Applewhite and Bonnie had about 70 followers, and they saw themselves as shepherds tending to a flock, right? Applewhite believed that the complete separation from earthly desires was a prerequisite of ascension to the next level and emphasized passages in the New Testament in which Jesus spoke about forsaking worldly attachments. Members were consequently instructed to renounce friends, family, media, drugs, alcohol, jewelry, facial hair, and sexuality. Furthermore, they were required to adopt biblical names. Applewhite took a materialistic view of the Bible, seeing it as a record of extraterrestrials' contact with humanity. In June of 1976, Applewhite and Bonnie gathered their followers at Medicine Bow National Forest in southeastern Wyoming. They told them that a UFO was going to visit them all. I guess they were like, hey, here's round two, guys. (laughs) Of course, this didn't happen either. Bonnie said that the extraterrestrials got caught up with something and had to cancel their visit. Oh, boy. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, it is. From 1976 to 1979, the group lived in campgrounds. Usually in the Rocky Mountains, Applewhite and Bonnie began to place greater demands on their followers. They typically communicated with their followers only by writing or through assistance. In these writings, they emphasized that they were the only source of truth. Applewhite instructed his followers to be like children or pets in their submission. Their sole responsibility was to obey their leaders. 
members were encouraged to constantly seek Applewhite's advice and often asked themselves what their leaders would do when making a decision. So in 1983, Bonnie had an eye surgically removed as a result of cancer diagnosed several years earlier. She lived for two more years, dying in 1985. Applewhite told their followers that she had traveled to the next level because she had too much energy to remain on Earth, abandoning her body to make the journey. Applewhite started to make claims that Bonnie still communicated with him. Applewhite told his followers that he had been left behind by Bonnie because he still had more to learn. He felt that she occupied a higher spiritual role than he did. From then on, Applewhite began identifying Bonnie as the father and often referred to her with male pronouns. In the late 1980s, the group kept a low profile. Few people knew it still existed. In the early 1990s, Applewhite posted some of his teachings on the internet. In the teaching, he spoke of the possibility of suicide as a way to reach the next level. He explained that everything human had to be forsaken, including the human body, before one could ascend. Applewhite then announced that his organization was officially named Heaven's Gate. It's a cool name, but... Yeah, their logo design's pretty cool. I do like their logo. It's so retro. Along with their website. <laughs> in May 1993, the cult spent $30,000 to publish a full-page advertisement in the USA Today that warned of catastrophic judgment to befall the Earth. This, along with a series of public lectures in 1994, caused membership to double in size. I wonder who looked at that ad and was like, oh, God dang, these people are right on spot. We need to join it. Did we ever find a picture of that ad or their ad in the paper? No, I didn't look for it. I didn't even think about looking for it. Because I kind of want to see, see it now, considering that $30,000 to publish. There you go. Quick, that man. 30 grand for this. That's a shitty 30 grand. Dude, that doesn't even look like a newspaper. No, it looks like a flyer. Uh, look at the very, very bottom. Free admission. Public invited. <laughs> One way trip. No, thank you. So we're going to go into the deaths starting in May of 1996 and lasting for about a year. A comet named Hale-Bopp was seeable with the naked eye as it passed by. In November of 1996, amateur astronomer Chuck Schrammick of Houston, Texas, took a CCD image of the comet, which showed a fuzzy, slightly elongated object nearby. When his computer sky viewing program did not identify the star, Chuck called the Art Bell radio program Coast to Coast AM to announce that he had discovered a Saturn-like object following Hale-Bopp. UFO enthusiasts soon concluded that there was an alien spacecraft following the comet. Around the same time, Applewhite learned of the approach of the comet Hale-Bopp. In October 1996, the group rented a mansion in Rancho Santa Fe in California. Applewhite believed that Bonnie was aboard a spaceship trailing the comet and that she planned a rendezvous with them. He told his followers that the vessel would transport them to an Empyrean destination and that a government conspiracy was attempting to suppress word of the craft. Also, he said that his followers would be taken by the vessel. In late March of 1997, the group isolated themselves and recorded farewell statements. Many members praised Applewhite in their final message. 
Applewright recorded a video shortly before his death in which he termed the suicides the final exit of the group and remarked, We do, in all honesty, hate this world. On March 22nd, the suicides began. This day on March 22nd, by the way, was at the time when the comet was the closest to the Earth. So, Dan, you want to tell us how these members committed suicide? So most members took phenobarbital. Pretty much, if no one knows what that is, it's a drug that slows the activity of your brain and nervous system. Usually used to treat, like, seizures. Yeah, barbiturates, right? Yeah, barbiturates. They mixed that with applesauce, and I think they said someone said pudding, too. But then they chased it down with vodka. But then they placed bags over their heads. Each one of them wore Nike shoes and black uniforms with patches that read Heaven Gates Away Team, which seems the patch was a reference to Star Trek. Should we start patches? We got stickers. Theories of the Third Kind home team. <laughs> Theories of the Third Kind home team? They're the away team. We'll face them. <laughs> I'm about to back out of that one, guys. <laughs> Anyways, a bag that contained a few dollars in a form of identification was placed beside most bodies. The deaths occurred over three days. Applewhite was one of the last four to die. Three assistants helped him die by suicide and then killed themselves. On March 26th, an anonymous tip led the local sheriff's department to search the mansion. There, they found 39 bodies. It was the largest group suicide in the United States. Damn. Now, I have that clip of the anonymous tip. You have that 911 clip? I do. I want to hear it. Me too. It's actually really boring. Okay. We'll play that right now. Yes, um, I need to uh, report uh, an anonymous tip. Who do I talk to? Okay. This is regarding what? This is regarding a mass suicide. And I can give you the address. Hmm. All right. Well, that's nice little knowledge nugget. I like that. Mm -hmm. Traveling back through history. Yeah. All right, Anna. What's currently happening with the cult? Like, what are they up to nowadays? If there's any of them alive. Left. Yeah. So out of the eight members that did not move to the next level, four had passed away since then. But there are two surviving members in Arizona and a couple others around the country. The ones in Arizona have done several interviews, mostly through email. We emailed them a couple questions to see if they'd reply. And guess what? They freaking did. Just to verify who we were talking to, the two in Arizona are the ones that replied. These two seem to be the ones maintaining the website currently, and the reason for that is because, and I quote, the information must be available to mankind in preparation for their return. We don't know when that will be, but those who are interested will find the information. The group hasn't added any more members since 1997. I think we might have an idea why, but that's what I got for current, current happenings. Okay. Well, I guess that rolls us into strange facts and findings, right? Because the very first strange facts and finding I have is pretty interesting. Dude, drop it on us. Okay. Um, I titled this one Genders. Okay. So they were ahead of their time. Okay. The group had increasingly focused their attention on the suppression of sexual desire. Okay, so much so that Applewhite 
and seven other members opted for surgical castration. They initially uh, had difficulty finding a willing surgeon to do this, but eventually found one in Mexico. Applewhite's view was that sexuality was one of the most powerful forces that bound humans to their body, thus hindering their to evolve to the next level. He taught that the next level beings had no reproductive organs, but that the Luciferian beings had genders. He also cited a verse in the New Testament that said that there would not be marriage in heaven. In addition, he required members to opt similar clothings and haircuts. This was pretty much to kind of like reinforce that there was like a, they were a non-sexual family. And I think this like suppression of sexual thing, I don't want to get too much into his psychology, but I think he was kind of like embarrassed about his sexual desires of wanting men. You know, because that's what ended his relationship mm. with his wife. And I think this is why he pushed this over into his cult. It was like a way of him suppressing his sexual desires for men. Because he was so ashamed of that. Dude, I didn't even think of that. That's actually pretty good. But uh, I did find a video of one of the members talking about his castration. He seemed pretty happy about it. So we're going to listen to that right now. Okay, we have Thursody with us, and I believe that uh, you chose the name Thursody because you wanted to be reminded of your thirst for next now, next level knowledge. Is that correct? That's right. Um, I know uh, my vehicles or this vehicle that I'm wearing is you know pretty nervous, pretty scared, and not really sure what I'm going to say. I guess you know what I wanted to maybe address more was how I feel about this step that I'm taking, and. Some may say, well, boy, it's, it's quite a irreversible step. And I just wanted to say that I'm familiar with irreversible steps. And tell you what, I don't know if you remember Doe talking about that some students had chosen, had proven to him that they desired to have their vehicles neutered. And I'm one of those students that did that. And I can't tell you how free that has made me feel. I've been here long enough from the time I had that operation to know the freedom that it offers me. And I'm just so thankful for that opportunity. And in all reality, I can't see that this next step that I'm prepared to take and am looking forward to taking is anything more than a clinical operation. And having seen the benefit that the, the neutering has had for my consciousness, for my ability to grow and be closer to my older member, that I can't and full, I can't see any other way but to fully expect that laying down this vehicle is going to be anything but great for me. And, you know, individuals think of mind control or, or whatever. And I was in the class for five or six years and then through my own ignorance and uh, being attacked by influences felt like, you know, well, maybe I wasn't developed enough. Maybe I wasn't a strong enough student to continue. Well, being out of the world proved to me, being out of the class, excuse me, proved to me that this was the only thing for me. And for the number of years I was out there, I, I would have been deprogrammed easily being out there in the world uh, because you're bombarded so steadily by, by everything of the world. And I, uh, I know that the one thing I may have gained being out of the class is commitment. And I just want to express my commitment to 
my older member and, and T, and I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to be back in the class and to take this next step. And also just want to say how wonderful all of my classmates are and what a great inspiration they were for me to find out that there was still a class going on after the number of years that I'd been out. And that the fact that they stuck through it all, it's not, it's so hard you have to be totally on top of things to even be in the class. So it's not like you're captured here. Uh, if, if you're not doing your homework and pleasing the next level, you're not going to be here. And I guess that's all I want to say, and bye. Ain't that weird, huh? A little weird. He seemed a little bit too happy. It's almost like he's happy he got his balls cut off, and he's like, look, f*** it. I got him cut off anyways. Might as well just go ahead and end this vessel, this vehicle. He called his body the his vehicle. Vehicle, yeah. So, hmm. Well, they really are just vehicles getting us through this Earth plane existence. <sighs> yeah, I mean, Applewhite did have some views that were okay. Suicide view, not so much. But anyways, I found that pretty weird. I just kind of wanted to share it with everybody. Yeah. I mean, looking at the guy, it almost looked like he might have had a stroke before. I don't know if y'all noticed it, like the left side of like his face and everything didn't move as much as his right when he talked and everything. Only reason I spot that was because I had a teacher in fifth grade that she had a stroke and the left side of her face didn't really move as much. Hmm. I don't know if y'all noticed it. No, I didn't notice it. I've, I watched a, um, a documentary on people who have been jailed for, uh, being sex offenders for your young kids. And there's a study that goes around where they castrate people to see if it will get rid of their desire, their urge. And he reminds me of those people, not because of his desire for little boys or whatever, his calmness and happiness and acceptance, because, I mean, I don't have one, I don't understand how all that works, but from the gist of it is it can control your mind a lot. And you have a lot more clarity when you aren't, when you don't have two heads thinking for you. Well, that's right. I mean, just go blow a load and think how more clearly you think. Hey, they don't call it post-nut clarity for nothing. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. I mean, there's truth. I do scientific researches every day. That's right. I do at least five times a day. <laughs> All right. So who wants to cover the next strange fact I'm finding? I'll cover that. So our next uh, strange fact finding would be wardrobe. Men and women wore cropped hairdos and were cocooned in a baggy clothing, which was their, they, they were uh, black jump, Nike jumpsuits. And then they all wore the same Nike decade shoes that were black. And Nike slowly actually discontinued that shoe because of this incident. Yeah, they did. But you could get a pair of those classic shoes for... I want to say like $6,800. bucks. Yeah, $6,600, the original 93 Nike Air Decade. There's a pair on eBay right now going for $6,600. Fucking stupid. A pair of shoes. Unless it's signed by Marshall Applewhite, I don't want it. Or did it come off one of their feet? This that motherfucker yeah. has a spaceship with it. I ain't buying it. Yeah. Anyways. Want me to read the next one too? Yeah, go ahead. All right, our next one is conflicting reports. So there are conflicting reports on how Applewhite and Bonnie actually met. Almost everyone says that Applewhite went to the mental hospital and Bonnie was his nurse there. 
However, something we didn't mention was that before Bonnie met Applewhite, she was married and had four children. Those children are still living to this day and have done a few interviews. Some of Bonnie's children claim that Applewhite and Bonnie met in an acting class. I mean, if you're her children, you don't want your mother to be labeled as like crazy, right? No. So you kind of want to protect her. Why would you say that your mother met this guy at a psychiatric hospital and ran off with him? Say that they met in acting classes. That's the only reasonable thing I could think of. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good thought, Aaron. Thank you. All right, so we are going to talk about after Bonnie's death. So Applewhite toyed with the thought of suicide. He ended up buying a bunch of guns and rifles to do so. Unfortunately, his followers were more peaceful than him. So that idea had to be dropped. Hmm. Okay. And then yep. we are going to go into really quick some emails. So the main way of communicating was through emails. Voice communication was kept to a bare minimum, other than replying back with a yes or no or don't know. Most of the time, messages are passed back and forth in small notes. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Like they're back in middle school. Yeah. Hey, th- those are some fun times. I still got notes from that from that time. Remember folding it up? Yeah. Certain cool ways. Oh, yeah. Spraying it with cologne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sticking it up your butt sometimes and then giving it to What them. was that one where they opened it up? Uh, like Origami? No. Oh, no, that thing? That's so funny. That was the word yeah. I thought, dude. I mean, origami is bending like that, like paper, but I don't know what the hell that thing was called. All right. So the next strange fact and finding is about Alan Hale. So he was one of the people that helped discover the comet, actually named after him. So uh, he actually found out about the cult suicide and he denounced their actions and said that he had seen something like this coming. He stated that he told a colleague that there would likely be suicides in relation to the existence of this comet and that people read such things as apocalyptic events. He urged reason and science literacy to fight these types of things, but was saddened by the fact that he was not surprised by this group's actions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the next strange fact I'm finding is about Mary. So one of the beliefs of the cult was that Mary, uh, the girl in the Bible, uh, wasn't magically impregnated with Jesus, if you know anything about the Bible, Uh, but she was actually taken aboard a spaceship and impregnated by aliens and that Jesus was a half alien, which that seems to be coming up quite frequently in our episodes of Jesus being half alien. I don't mean to offend anybody's religion. But that's come up multiple times, you know? Mm-hmm. So, just an interesting thing. All right, who wants to take the next one? I can do that. So, the next one is was the Last Supper. A couple days before the cult did the mass suicide, they all went to dinner together, which they called the Last Supper. Where did they go? Well, it was a Marie Callender's restaurant in Carlsbad, California. I looked up the Yelp reviews of it, and I was hoping for, like, comments about... I ate here for the Last Supper and <laughs> tried to catch a flight to UFO afterwards, but there was none. Yeah. There was none oh. like that. It's kind of disappointed. That is a little disappointing. All right. So one, one of the beliefs, or one of the things they had a belief in, 
was the evolutionary level above human. Tala, Tila, not sure how they want to pronounce it, was as a physical, corporeal place. Another world in our universe where residents live in pure bliss and nourish themselves by absorbing pure sunlight. Photosynthesis, right? <laughs> yeah, they're all plants, man. There is something called um, sun grazing. Sun. Sun gazing. Yes. And that fuels you, and there's some people that just live off of that. So if you go out an hour before sunrise and sunset and you stare into the sun, it actually doesn't supposedly hurt your eyes, and it will fuel your body. Now that you mention it, now I actually have heard of that. My grandma and grandpa always used to do that every single night. They used to go, hey, come watch us watch the sunset and the sunrise. Makes me wonder, is that where they're getting their powers from? I mean, she'll be levitating stuff in the middle of the living room. I mean, it's possible. Anyways. Yeah, sun gazing is the act of looking directly into the sun during dawn and dusk. It's sometimes done as part of a spiritual or religious practice. The human eye is very sensitive, and prolonged exposure to direct sunlight can lead to solar retinopathy. Okay, it can fuck up your eyes if you look at the sun, but if you look at it in dusk or dawn, you'll be fine. Did not know that. So yeah, there's a guy in India who lived off of it. Just sunlight and uh, water. That's crazy. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff, I'm telling you. Yeah. I'll go try it out. I'm going to go sun gaze and I'll let you people know how it is. Keep a journal entry for 20 years. Let us know how it works out. Okay. Aaron's will come back all just like muscular stuff. Yeah. I sun gaze and I just did push-ups all fucking day. <laughs> Protein. So what's the next belief they had, Dan? <laughs> the next one is, at the next level, beings do not engage in sexual intercourse, eating, or dying. Hmm. So all the fun stuff. Well, I mean, that to me sounds like that transitioning to the fifth cycle, the great awakening that we're all preparing mm-hmm. for, according to the Hopi and Baba Vanga. Yeah, you know what? We're all going to show up to the entrance of that fifth cycle. Apple White's going to be standing there. And he's going to say, I fucking told you so. You, you did an episode on me and you laughed. Like, who's laughing now? Anyways. And our next one is Heaven's Gate believed that what the Bible calls God is actually a highly developed extraterrestrial. Okay. Okay, okay. I mean, he's throwing out some good theories. Yeah, Yeah, not the first time we've heard that. Yeah, it gets even better with this next one. Members of the Heaven's Gate believe that evil space aliens, called Luciferians, falsely represented themselves to Earthlings as God and conspired to keep humans from developing. Technically advanced humanoids, these aliens have spacecraft, space-time travel, telepathy, and increased longevity. They use holograms to fake miracles, carnal beings with gender. They stopped training to achieve the kingdom of God thousands of years ago. That's a pretty interesting belief. Mm, Luciferians. Lucifer. Okay. I see the play on words. All right. Mm-hmm. The last one. Heaven's Gate believe that all existing religions on Earth have been corrupted by these malevolent aliens. The dude loves aliens. I mean, you got to give it to him. He loves aliens. You know, it's like he took aliens in the Bible and took it to the extreme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Dan, those were all very interesting little beliefs, you know, yeah, that they had. They were interesting. Um, 
I did go searching for some videos and I did find a database of all the videos and uh, that they've published and they're all going to be put up on the site for you guys. There's be a link for you guys to go to our website, click on the Heaven's Gate cult episode and it'll have a link of uh, all the videos that the Heaven's Gate put out because Apple White did leave a last video, I guess a suicide video and that damn thing was like an hour and a half, almost two hours long. I mean, I listened to probably 70, 75% of it until I was like, look, y'all, get on with your story. Okay. But he just, man, very odd individual. So I guess that takes us to theories. So what if this is like an MKUltra similar vibe where the CIA takes a, I guess, semi-charismic man and helps him to spread a message to people to see how gullible we are to aliens. How much are we willing to give in? This could have actually been a test to see how comfortable we are with aliens in general, too. Oh, yeah, it could have been. Like an exposure type thing. Um, And then they, as always, don't have their name in the study. So then they could pawn it off. On Heaven's Gate, like, though they're just a crazy suicidal UFO cult. But really, the, the CIA was going through and putting their hand in that pot and seeing what they could do for mind control and getting people to commit mass suicide. I could see that, you know, them being pretty much separating themselves and saying, how far can we take this experiment? Feeding this information to Applewhite. Because him saying that he got information from Bonnie, that she was constantly in communicating with him. What if it was the CIA or some other organization through the government sending him some type of message, messages with technology that we're unaware of to see how far he could push the envelope? And then they're like, oh, shit, they all committed mass suicide. It worked really well. Now we can use these techniques on other people or other things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see where you're going with that, Anna. I like that theory. The only thing, I read some of the other interviews with Tala or Tila. They replied back because someone asked them, like, what's like one misconception that y'all would like to, I guess, explain to everybody or like about uh, the group? And they replied back and it was just like, pretty much we want people to know that everyone did everything on their, did everything voluntarily. None of the members were weak-minded or simple or anything like that. That's the one misconception that everyone believes is that they were weak-minded and that they were brainwashed to do so. Maybe that's what they want you to think. Maybe their NK Ultra is so well perfected that they think they're doing it under their own accord. I kind of believe that the NK Ultra thing, brainwashing. Yeah. Mm. All right. So the next theory, this one's called. True aliens warning us. So this theory is that it's a little far out there, okay? So just stick with me here. What if Applewhite and Bonnie really were aliens from somewhere else, some other solar system, and they were here to warn us? Because in Applewhite's final message, he says it's the last chance to evacuate planet Earth before it's recycled. Maybe he's an alien from another planet, came here. That's why he looks so weird, right? And he was like, I'm going to gather as many followers as I can to help get off Earth. 
before some other aliens come and invade and recycle it. What if, you know me, I'm going to bring in the Hopi prophecy again. Because supposedly in November there was a nuclear attack that takes out most of the world and recycles it for the This November? Coming. Yeah. Okay, just make sure. And just be prepared. You might need to get a go bag or something. Uh, but really, though, uh, that th- when we enter into this new age of Aquarius, which is coming right now, I mean, it's like we're at the door. It is said that only a third of us will survive. And those are the people operating at a higher frequency and who are have given themselves to spirit and Mother Earth and everything like that. And so maybe Applewhite got the message early to try to make these changes to live a more simple life, which is also goes along with the Hopi prophecy. You get rid of materialistic uh, type of mindset. And so they were preparing. They were really early for it, but it's never too early to start a minimal life and, and trying to become more connected to this experience that we're in. So maybe there's some sort of connection between this and the Hopi. Hmm. Maybe. That's why I was camping this weekend. I was preparing. But it they could correlate in some way. It could. It's interesting to think about. So what do you think about it all? Like, what's your theory behind all this and your thoughts? Just hearing a lot of what they talk about. It just reminds me of, like we were just talking about, the Hopi, the coming of the fifth dimension, the fifth cycle, whatever you want to call it. I think that they felt connected to another realm. People call them angels, aliens, whatever you want to say. But I think that they're all connected in the same. And so maybe that they just... Somebody heard this from probably a follower of the Hopi. Um. I see similarities. I think that there could be some sort of connection between the two on their ultimate goal of the passing of this cycle into the next. Yeah, they probably had some things a little mixed up and weird in there, but nobody's perfect. Uh, Realistically, it's probably two people who were mentally unstable getting together and fueling one another's ideas very similar to Columbine with the two, Dylan and Eric. They both fueled one another. So that led to, well, let's, let's start a community. Oh, there's other people that want to be a part of this. And they weren't that great at it. The first set of people dipped out because guess what? Nothing happened when the UFO was meant to come. And then they go for round two and it doesn't happen again. I mean, I think they were just winging it. Personally. And then they're like, you know what would be really f***ing cool, you guys? Let's all go get the same shoes. And, you know, the nice Nikes. All of us have been wanting them. Let's go get those things, put them on. But, yeah, maybe they wanted to go out in style. So they went and bought the best shoes on the market and uh, wanted to make sure they transitioned hip, as the cool kids say these days. Like a bunch of Russian mafias. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of agree with you when you're saying about one mentally unstable fueling the other. I mean, I want to believe that like the CIA is behind it, right? And you can point your finger at some proof of it, but 
digging deep, I couldn't find any ties with the CIA, which leads me to believe that they were behind it because they wouldn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. So, uh, but seriously, I, I do think it is a bit of Apple White's mind. If him being confused at the time when being gay wasn't accepted, I mean, it's saying it's not fully accepted now as it is, but it's a lot more accepted now than it was back in the 70s and 60s. Yeah. Him getting caught having relations with a male and his wife leaving him and him being confused. And then he meets Betty or Betty, Jesus, and he meets Bonnie, who kind of urges him and influences him. But they don't have sex. They were never sexual with one another. But he finds the same like-minded people who are confused and are easy to manipulate. And he finds his power and his self-worth in manipulating these individuals. The stuff that he'd been missing his entire life, his power, his self-worth, everything that has been bothering him. He's able to find that gratification through controlling these other people which he controls everything about them and their sexual stuff, right? No sexual things whatsoever. And then comes to a point to where he's like, he either convinces himself that it's real and that he's really going to be taken to a spaceship or he says, F*** it, I'm taking everybody with me. And he just ends it. But is it fun to think that there were really aliens out there? Absolutely. Would I rather have it in that way? Absolutely. But that's just my personal opinion on everything. Now, I'm interested to hear about yours, Dan. I'm almost on the same path as you. Pretty much almost identical. I don't want to blame the government on this one. It sounds like this guy just had a very unfortunate lifestyle. You know, got busted with a man. Wife ends up divorcing him and all that. Probably, he probably feels ashamed of himself just because of that. But, you know, now he's confused. Ends up going to the mental hospital. Bonnie there, you know, his nurse and everything, you know, talks to him nicely and everything. Pretty much accepts who he is. Doesn't make him feel too bad about himself and all that, but then finds out, like you said, like-minded individuals. So now he has a bond with Bonnie. He already lost his wife and kid. Now he's found someone else to bond with. Not sexually, but you could say spiritually, mentally, mm -hmm. all that. But then... You know, they go through like saying like, let's start our own like religion. We believe this and this and this. And, you know, it could have been all in good fun. It makes them feel better about themselves. It gives them a purpose. Then Bonnie ends up passing away. Now he's alone again. Not totally alone, but the person that he shared a really good bond with is now gone. That's when, you know, his mindset changed. Violently thinking about suicide. Goes out, buys guns and rifles. His followers are just like, eh, you know, we don't like going out that way. That's not the way we want to go. So that idea was just scrapped. So to be able to get his followers to do the same thing, I, I would say, I don't, I want to say gaslighting them. Do y'all know what gaslighting is? Yeah. I've heard it, but could you remind me? Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or group covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or group, making them question their own memory, perception, judgment, and changes their pretty much views. Pretty much like you can attack their low self-esteem. So, you know, finding all these members, he could have been doing that, him and Bonnie. 
So now you got all these followers and all that pretty much wouldn't say MK Ultra, but brainwashed kind of. Changed the way they thought, how they feel. Because what was one what their uh, final saying before they left was is we really like we all really do hate this world or something like this. Yeah. So they pretty much all ended up hating the world they were in. So they wanted to go on to somewhere better. So yeah, the, their bodies are vehicles that they're just going to do away with. And on the, what, 20 seconds when it started, they decided to leave their vehicles and hop aboard this spaceship, which, you know, sounds good and dandy, but was it really true? Mm, I mean, it'd be awesome, but like they were saying, I think they said it was uh, the elongated spaceship was about the size of what, like Jupiter or something like that. When they actually looked at it, that's a big ass spaceship Bonnie was flying. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that it ended that way, to be honest. But it is. Hey, maybe they did go into a spaceship because I'd like to think positively about that. But they're laughing at us right now while we're recording this. Hey, those shoes were badass that I saw. I'm just saying. Yeah, throw me a pair of those. All right. So that's the end of the episode today. Uh, Before we roll into the next thing, we have an announcement. So. You want to tell the group about the announcement, Mama? Sure. So it's been brought to our attention that there's been a little bit of issue issues downloading uh, the new episodes every once in a while. And we figured out we got to do a little bit of rewriting on our website, which means that uh, next week's episode, we won't be able to run a regular episode because we need to fix this so that way there's no delay. And it will fix any future problems. But we will still have our Patreon episode. So we are really sorry that we have to close down for one week for the regular. But it is going to benefit everyone in the long term. Yep. So thanks for being patient, you guys. After next week, there'll be no more issues of people uh, being unable to download the episode at random times. So we found out the problem. Just like Anna said, it's going to take us a week to fix it. But there'll be no downtime after that. So thank you for your patience and for your love. And with yes. that being said, we're going to roll to On the Scene. On the Scene. So if you're unfamiliar with On the Scene, On the Scene is where our On the Scene reporter, Hans, goes out and talks to the public and gets their opinions on the conspiracy happenings around the world. So with that being said, let's play this week's On the Scene. Guten Abend, the theories of the third kind. This is your boy Hans on the scene, hopping in this Uber here. Howdy doody there, ma'am. Do you believe in conspiracy theories? I like to think I'm a bit obsessed with them. You're a bit obsessed. Well, my goodness, you have a very beautiful face. You have a voice that sounds very familiar. I've heard that before. You have? Okay. That's cool. So tell me some conspiracy theories that you're into. I don't know wherever the uh, journey starts because there's no end. Ain't that the truth? Well, how do you feel about the Mandela effect? Oh, I view that that's a very plausible thing. You know, we were talking the other night, me and these people on this podcast, about how to spell the Pokemon Onyx and found out that we are all just wrong. But we're right. Or they're right. <laughs> or they're right, yes. The effect is... You sure I don't know who you are? My God, I can't place where your voice is. Well, I often hear that I sound like a 15-year-old gamer. Oh. So, 
I don't know. I mean, do you play video games? I do once in a blue moon, but not that often. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just rattle off information and people might hear it and I don't know how, but just somehow the word spreads amongst the the word spreads amongst the world. So, can you explain to me why your doors aren't unlocking? Because I feel very threatened that I can't get out of this vehicle now. Well, it's a safety measure for myself. It's a, how, how's that a safety measure if you can't get out of a vehicle? Well, I can get out. Oh. <laughs> you know, you've seen the Batmobile, right? I have. And you've seen, like, chip cars that have special features. Yeah? What's this special feature? Well... I like to make a custom Montauk chair seat, and so I customize my car, and uh, I might have a couple things like a ball gag, uh, always ready. Um, you might be sitting on the strap-on right now. Hey, <laughs> I, I knew it felt a little good, didn't it? Uh, down. Oh no! Oh no! Boy, I knew that voice sounded familiar. Yeah. What an excellent on the scene this week, Anna. I know, right? Well, you know, someone came and time traveled and came to see me, and I had to give him a proper ride in my Montauk chair, my daily commuter Montauk chair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like that. That was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That was a great on the scene this week, and like always, I love Hans. You know, I haven't heard from Hans since then. Is everything all right? Yeah. Do you have him in your closet still? You know, I'm. Oh, I hear no. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm marin- marinating him like mushrooms in here, growing them <laughs> so I could eat them later. Ooh, <laughs> nice. He's in the closet, all sweaty. Oh, water. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Hans, and thank you, Anna, for this week's on the scene. Yes, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Hans. You're amazing. I miss your face. I miss him too. All right. So now we're going to move to voicemails. The first voicemail this week is from Anna is my sexual desire. As you remember last week, this person left a voicemail and Anna called them out and they left another one this week. So we're going to go ahead and play that one right now. Oh, Anna, your voice is the starting point to my mass sexual desire for you. Followed by the knowledge nuggets that you flood my mind with. It makes my heart palpitate, and the way you control the boys, god damn, I bow to you, Anna. The way everyone else should when your majestic voice penetrates their ears. I know for me, as soon as I heard your voice for the first time ever, I felt like I've known you for a lifetime already. I don't even need to join Discard to be close to you, as you're always in my dreams. Much love, my fiercely sexy Anna. See you tonight. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. You know, I feel like this is a, a day of familiar voices. I That sounds familiar to me, but I cannot... I can't put my finger on it, but I will say I love hearing sweet nothings. So you just keep whispering them in that voice. Oh, my goodness. If I've ever been turned on by a voice, that's got to be the one. Dang. So you just you keep telling me what's up. 
Anna is my sexual desire. Ooh. Yeah, I like that alien voice. It's very nice. It's my the voice of my people. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you, Anna is my sexual desire for the voicemail this week. We love you. Yeah, thank you. Much love. Thank you so much. All right. This next voicemail is from Cloud Chewy. And we'll play that one right now. Yo, this is your buddy Cloudy Chewy. You're in good old Wisconsin. Uh, I just want to say that you guys are amazing. I love you guys. You guys are the best. Uh, I want to know when we can schedule a four-way so we can get that going. Every time I hear you guys talk, I get the biggest direction of my life. I didn't know I had an extra inch in me, but damn, you guys brought it out of me. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll be listening whenever I can. And don't worry, soon I'll be a, uh, I'll be subscribed to everything and buy some merch. Love you guys. Damn. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the love, Cloud Chewy. I hope that you enjoy the merch. We got some awesome shirts in there whenever you can get in on, on that. Thanks for the love. Dude, the shirts, they feel nice. They feel super nice. They fit well, too. And Cloud, just so you know, every male has a, about three or four inches inside their body still. So that inch that came out, you, you got some more uh, potential, buddy. Keep pushing the limits. For real? For real. That's crazy. Knowledge nuggets. Knowledge nuggets. Well, yeah. Thank you, Cloud Chewy. Uh, I'm glad that we could provide you with the extra inch, which makes me wonder, while you're having intercourse, do you listen to us to get that extra inch out? Ooh. Leave a voicemail. Let us know. During, so we know it's true. Exactly. But yes, thank you. We love you. And I hope you're doing good this week. All right. So this next voicemail is from Dale. And we'll play that right now. Hey, it's Dale. Just wanted to say to the masses, if you haven't joined Discord, you're not a true third kinder. Come on, ascend to the third kind realm and discover the underground tunnels. I'll be waiting there for you. Much love. Danielson, Anna, and Aaron, Kanda, 2020. Dude, that is such a good voicemail. I kind of want to have that as like one of our promos. No kidding. For real. That was so good. I'm like just cheesing like a dum-dum over here, but that is so good. Dude, that's a really good fucking like projection of his voice. Like it actually came that out is. really good. And that's no editing right there. I don't think. Damn. That's good. Damn, Dale. Thank you so much. We love you. Yes, thank you. We love you a lot. You just blessed my, my ear holes with that pleasure voice. Thank you. Yeah, he did. Much love. Mm. All right. So, his next voicemail is from Mr. Poopy Pants. Yes, return. He's alive. He's alive for the fourth week in a row. So, we'll play that right now. Hello, people. My name is Mr. Poopy Pants, and I survived the terrible attack from Bigfoot. He kidnapped me, took me to this this dark place. I don't know where it is. And um, he spared my life, thankfully, because he found out I was uh, Canadian. So he, I, I didn't know I couldn't run for president as a Canadian. You know, that, 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 that doesn't make sense, people. It should be a free country. But anyway, so, so we made an agreement. He'll run for American president. And I'll run for Canadian president of the United States of Canada. So there's no, there's no issue there, people. 
And uh, then he became, we became very good friends. You know, he offered me good hospitality. He gave me this um, this special white sauce on this um, this kind of straw stick. It was not that bad. Um, but then the friendship kind of went sour, you know, because uh, I had a poop problem in my pants. I, I pooped in my pants during my stay there. And the poop smelled bad, so he got very upset, and uh, he he kicked me out of his place. And I'm surprised he speaks pretty good English. He called me, uh, I think it was a whore bitch. He told me to get the hell out. Um, so now I'm free. I'm I'm back into into the civilization, but I'm a changed man. Um, so I'd like to to, to apologize to the to all the the cast of Theories of Third Kind for all the trouble I caused, um, and I hope you accept my apology. Um, and I support Bigfoot 2020, 110%. You know, people? <laughs> United States of Canada. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll be voting for you if I can vote for the Canadian president. Yeah, for sure. Mr. Poopy Pants. But thank you for backing us. And I hope everything's okay. And uh, I love you. And it's good to hear from you. We, you know, Bigfoot does have a place in his heart for Canadians. So it's a good thing you pulled that card. That saved your life. Oh, yeah, that definitely uh, helped out. And, you know, on behalf of Bigfoot, I'll apologize. Everyone thinks that he's, like, really stinky because he lives out in the woods and all that, but he has very good hygiene. But, uh, yeah, I'll come vote for you in the United States of Canada, if I can. Uh, Well, we're glad you're alive. Thank you again for calling in, and your voicemail last week was amazing. So thanks for making us laugh and smile over here. We love you. Yes, thank you. Much love. Yeah, much love. All right, this next voicemail is from Reptilian Ruben, and we'll play that one right now. Hey, guys, it's Ruben, and I want to call in today with my own personal belief slash theory on life. Now, before I start, I don't want to make anyone feel weird or uncomfortable, and I'm not trying to turn the podcast into anything religious. Because I know that's not what this is. But it kind of has to deal with some of the topics we talk about. Now the more we look into the occult, the Illuminati, it all comes back to Satanism. So that got me thinking, if Satan is real, then God has to be real. You can't have one without the other. And I feel like the more we look into it and the deeper dive we take into it, some type of Satanism ties always come back to it. So my thought is, well, if Satan is real, then God has to be real as well. So I just want to get your guys' take on it. Um, Again, I'm not trying to turn this into anything religious. I don't want to make anyone feel weird, especially Aaron with, you know, what you've encountered before. Um, But I'd really like to hear your take on it, guys. I mean, you know, if we can look into numbers and other things to try to figure out the meaning of life, why can't we actually search and, you know, um, seek out God and see how that turns out for us? Thanks, guys. I'm guessing, well, first off, thank you, Reptilian Ruben, for the voicemail. Um, I think it means by me making me feel weird was by my Baphomet dreams. That's the only thing I could think of that I've mentioned on the show. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but no, it mm. it doesn't make me weird. I just I just know religion is a touchy sub subject, and uh, some people get easily offended when you discuss it. So that's one of the main th- reasons why we don't really discuss it at all. But uh, what did y'all's take on what he said? I mean, 
there's opposites of everything in this world. So hypothetically, if there is a Satan, then there would be a God, good and evil. So without being able to really go into the topic, I'd say that that's a pretty accurate statement. If there's one, there has to be the other. Yeah. Honestly, as I think of it, anything is possible. So if there is a Satan, then there's possibly a God. I mean, it's I've never really dove into it, so I can't discredit it or say that it's real. It's that's the thing about beliefs, I believe, is that it's if that's what you believe, then to you it's real. Not saying that it's not, it's how you feel about it. And everyone has their own belief and no one should doubt anyone or make fun of anybody for it. Which is why we really don't try to get into it because people are like easily offended, like Aaron said. So Yeah. But uh thank you for the voicemail and uh I hope you're doing good. Leave another one. I'm always up for additional questions. So if you want to ask away, ask, you know, whatever you want and we'll answer it the best we can. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate you, Ruben. We love you. We're proud of you. All right. So this next one is a two parter and it is from Anonymous. And we're gonna play those back to back. So we'll play that right now. Okay, guys, I'm going to stay anonymous for reasons that you will figure out after I'm done. And this is definitely going to be um, something that needs more parts to it. So I'm going to be leaving you a couple voicemails. Um, Dan, I fucking love you. Bigfoot 2020. I'm getting a T-shirt. I love it. Love you guys. Anna. I love you. Love your theories. You sound just like this girl that plays on Lucifer and she's his sister, the angel of death. Um, anyways, check her out. I love you. Love your theories. Okay. Now moving on to my conspiracy about Aaron. (laughs) Okay. So Aaron has been leading these little breadcrumbs about his life throughout this conspiracy or this conspiracy of mine throughout your podcast. And about how he's from Texas. And so at the beginning, I'm like, oh, he's from Texas. I'm from Texas, too. That's fucking awesome. You know, like we all support and love Texas if you're from it. Like, you know. So then he talks about how he moves to Maine. Okay. That was the one thing that kind of set it off. I'm like, wait, that's a little suspicious. Okay. So then I'm like leading into like more and more about Aaron I'm like wow like this is really okay so here we go and have to do a part two okay guys I'm back part two so back to Aaron so now he's moved to Maine all this other stuff I'm like okay so this is where the person that told me about the podcast comes into play I'm like there is no way all of this stuff is just like you know it's just too too similar I'm just like wow So, I have finally figured it out. I know who you are, Aaron, and I have been binge listening to y'all's podcast. I freaking love it. Y'all do such an amazing job. You're doing awesome, and I hope that y'all are having the best time of y'all's life in Maine. I fucking miss you. I love you. I miss y'all. So, let me give you a little hint about who I am, okay? First, I'm a single mother to one crazy-ass little toddler, okay? Two, I am an airplane mechanic, and I love you guys. So now that you know who I am, you know, I'm in aviation, so I definitely believe aliens 
and I love you guys. This will not be my last voicemail. I, there will be more to come. Y'all keep up the good work. Love you, Dan. Love you, Anna. And love you, Aaron. All right. Bye, guys. I'm telling Granny. <laughs> Thank you, Anonymous. Love you, too. Hope everything's good back in Texas. Uh, she is an airplane mechanic. Dude, that's and awesome. I think she might know how to play a fly, fly play a flying, play, okay, play a flying. fly a plane. <laughs> so we have our our uh, at least our mechanic for when we start our cult, and we need maybe she might be the best resource to go to for somebody who knows how to fly a plane. Other than Hans, right? <clears throat> oh yeah, Hans knows how to fly a plane too. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a pilot and a co-pilot. There we go, mechanic. Yeah, and mechanic. Thank you, Anonymous, for the kind words and great detective skills you have there. Um, <clears throat> looking forward to seeing what else you have to say. And we're glad you're binging the show. It's an amazing show. I do agree. I love you. And we're proud of you. Yes, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for, definitely for the compliment. Bigfoot 2020 for sure. And honestly, if you know Aaron, your family member Aaron, you've probably heard of me. I'm, I'm family too. So you should know me. I probably don't know you, though. <laughs> I don't think I met her. <laughs> no, you didn't. So she is anonymous to me. Oh. Yeah, she's, she's anonymous. Anyways, yeah, thank you, anonymous. Hey, if you got any UFO stories, if you got any paranormal stories, if you got any crazy happenings that's going on, leave us another voicemail. Tell us about that. We'd love to hear it. We'll play it next week if you get it to us before next Sunday. Or, well, no, never mind, because we're not having a regular episode next Sunday, because we're going to be down. But we'll play it on the following Sunday. And if you have any stories about Aaron, send those in as well. No. Especially some funny ones. Do not share those. You can send them to me, and I'll play them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, appreciate it. And I guess we're moving to the next one. All right. The next voicemail is from Hopi Prophecy Anonymous, is what I titled this one. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. Okay, before we play this one, I wanted to say this is kind of weird. So our voicemail thing only allows for a minute, 30 second recording. Somehow this person was able to record a minute 55. Ooh. I have no idea how they were able to. So just a little weirdness. But anyways, we'll listen to that voicemail right now. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say you guys do an amazing job. Um, I'm coming. I'm calling from down here from Arizona, and um, this is, you guys cover the Hopi prophecy, and I really love that one. That was my favorite episode. Um, we go to Sedona often, and it's just it's great. Like it's a it's a place to be at. Like you feel welcome. You feel this energy. I know basic people say like all oh, the vortexes, but honestly, like there's a there's a sense of like peace and wanting to be there. You know, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share a story. Um, so since we've been living in my house for 15 years, me and my brother and my older brother, uh, well, we've had this exact same dream. And it's this uh, a dream of you being this guy and wanting to enter the house, our house. And uh, when we get to the front door, we drop our keys. And throughout this whole thing, we're, we're feeling this sense of anxiety and like someone's behind us and we've been running, you know. And, um, yeah, as soon as you drop the door, the door keys and you go to pick them up, uh, when you, when you get up to, uh, put the key in the keyhole, 
um, someone stabs you from behind and you start, you know, you start feeling like you're dying. And sure enough, as soon as you die, like you, we wake up like sweaty and very anxious. And, you know, I don't know what that would be. You know, I don't know if anybody else has dreams like that. Reoccurring dreams, because I've had it three times. Uh, my older brother's had it twice. And my younger brother has had it once I be- or twice as well, actually. And they're the exact same thing. And it's the exact same feelings. And we don't know if it's like someone from previous times, you know, before us uh, wanting to tell us what happened to them or I don't know, but it's, it's pretty interesting. That's it. Wow. I mean, that's an interesting voicemail. First off, thank you for the voicemail. Second, to have a dream and your and family members having the same reoccurring dream of coming up to the door, dropping the keys, going to pick them back up, trying to reopen the door and getting stabbed from behind. And then you die and then you wake up. That must be a terrifying dream. Yeah. But she she did say that it, she doesn't know if it's somebody else trying to communicate with them about what happened. And that could be, I mean, that's what I thought of. Maybe it's someone who died, who got murdered, and they want to, I don't know, try to find get killer? connected. or Yeah, find the killer or get connected with you as a medium somehow and your family. I don't know, just a thought. Well, I know recently... Yeah, our circle has had some shared dreams, dream experiences, um, which could be tied into the Hopi prophecy as well. I didn't know if you wanted to go into that at all, but it's just, it's, it's a weird time to be alive, you guys, but, um, I appreciate that. I still think it's weird that it recorded an extra 25 seconds past what we normally can have on there. Superpowers. Uh, but it was a message that we were meant to hear. So thank you so much for calling in with that. And I'm glad that you liked the Hopi episode because, you know, there's a lot of information in it. And you being from Arizona, I'm glad that we get a thumbs up from you. Yep. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for the voicemail. That is a scary uh, dream to have, especially mm-hmm. all of them having the same exact dream. It's got to be an entity that's they're reliving his life. Yeah. That's. Definitely the strongest thing I feel with that. I would definitely think that. They're trying to communicate through y'all. Find the killer. Maybe the killer was never found. Yeah. Yep. So we do have more voicemails that we didn't get to this week. If we didn't get to your voicemail, we will play them not next week because, of course, we want to have an episode, but the following week. Yours will be the next in line to play. So I am. I apologize if I didn't get to your voicemail. So now we're going to roll on to... Ratings and reviews. All right, so the first review we have this week is from Fartbox89 from Australia, left on 716. It is two stars with a subject line that reads best ever. They go on to say, love this show so much. Best podcast around. No BS, no no ads, and also Anna's voice, uh, and also Anna's sexy voice. Lots of love, guys, from Australia. Stay safe and... Stay crazy. Adam, I guess Adam is the one who left it. Uh, Peace, Bigfoot. Thank you for the compliments, Adam. Yeah. Our show rides two stars. If we could raise it up from two stars to a little more uh, in any way, just please let us know, and uh, we'll see what we can do. But thank you for the rating. Thanks for the review and the love. And I hope everything's okay going down there in the outback. Love you. And get your blooming onion while you're down there. Thank you so much for the love. And for thinking my voice is sexy. 
appreciate you. I'm sure if you spoke, I would think your voice is sexy, too. Aussies have some badass accents. Just saying. They do. But yeah, thank, mm-hmm. thank you for the review and the two stars. Yeah, like Aaron said, if there's anything we can do to improve to get those two stars up, you let us know. But thank you anyways. Much love, man. All right. So this next one comes in from Dead Along Legs and from the U.S. Five Stars titled Fun Show. 2020 has been a lonely year, and I've found solace in the voices of podcasters to keep me company and keep me sane. These folks have a lot of interesting things to say. I especially have been enjoying season two so far. The moon landing episode was my first and favorite so far, followed by Aliens and Hemisync. I would love to hear more from you guys about thought experiments like simulation theory or the Fermi paradox. I'm a sci-fi nerd, so I love anything aliens or space related. Keep it up. Thank you so much for that review. Um, I know we have simulation, or no, we have Mandela Effect this season. Simulation's definitely going to be season three. But thank you so much. I'm glad that we can keep you uh, company in a time where it's been very isolated. If you aren't a part of the Discord yet, make your way on over there. And there's tons of family. You will never feel alone in, uh, in the Discord server. Yeah. Thank you for the review and the five stars. I'm glad you're enjoying the season two so far. You know, the moon landing one, that was a great episode. But yeah, like uh, Anna said, simulation theory, season three, but we do have the Mandela effect coming up. But uh, yeah, I'm glad we were able to keep you sane and get your mind off of the COVID and other things going on. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy Long Licks, for the love and all that. We love you. And uh, I hope everything's going good for you. Much love. All right. Our next uh, review is from The Average Villain, left on 7-16-20, titled, Just Another Friday Night, with five stars. Hey, guys. Awesome podcast. My first episode was Mel's Hole. Very down-to-earth podcast. Everyone seems chill. It's like a group of friends hanging out and makes you want to join them. It's great listening while at work. Makes the time fly. I have listened to both seasons already, so I became a Patreon just to have more and to help out. I'm addicted. Anyways, keep up the good work. Anna is a cool ad. Bigfoot 2020. You guys are awesome. Danilo. Blame my Brazilian parents. That's an awesome name. Yeah, it is. I like it. Thank you for the review and the five stars. You're awesome. Much love. Yes. Thank you so much for the review and the love. And it always makes us feel good to know we're doing a good job. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I love you. I love your name. And I love your love and your energy. And I'm sending it right back to you. Boom. So beautiful. Thank you. All right. The next review is from Frost Bake. It was left on 716. It is five stars It with the title of I'm Loving It. They go on to say, hey, guys, I love the podcast. I've been listening for about a week now. Kind of stumbled onto you guys. You guys have very interesting topics and good research that you guys do as well. I even respect the fact you guys read your hate comments. You guys do a great job. Keep it up and look forward to more theories to keep my mind busy. Love the merch shop too. Well, thank you, Frostbake. And I love you as well. And thank you for sending all that good love towards us. I'm sending it right back to you and I'm proud of you. Like Aaron said, we're absorbing that love and sending it right back. 
appreciate your kindness, your uh, five stars, and keep keep the love coming. Yeah. Thank you for the review and keep sending that love. You keep feeling us and we keep sending that love back. Just keep it on, keep it on. Mm-hmm. All right. So this next review comes in from AIE Enduros titled Great Podcast, Five Stars. I've been listening since the middle of season one and I've listened to every episode. You guys mix together great and bring good humor to enlightening topics. You're not typically going to hear things for the first time from this podcast, but it will be well presented and a great listen. You guys always make me think, what if? You know, that's all we want to do is provoke your, provoke your mind to create scenarios and rabbit holes to lead you to places that you might not have been able to get to on your own. We all are here together to talk about this stuff because if you don't talk about it, you can't learn about it. Discussion is important. So thank you so much. Love you, Enduros. Pretty sure you're on Twitter. I think I know who this guy is. Oh, nice. Yep. Thank you for the review. Sometimes we provide you with some of the first time, you know, knowledge, but that's our thing. We're, we're not, we're trying to prevent, present the facts to help you guide, pretty much guide you to more facts. We're just helping out, like Anna said. We're the, we're the guys on the little ferry with the little, the long stick pushing across that cloudy lake of... <laughs> Yeah, we are. We're just like, come on, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. thank you for the review and much love. Yeah, thank you, Enduros. Love you, and I hope you're doing good. All right, our next review is from Smugly the Bear, left on 717 from Canada, titled Great with Five Stars. Actually trying to think through conspiracy theories and being open-minded rather than most podcasts which try to debunk everything in order to try to sound smart. Five out of five. Great content. And thank you for that. Yeah, we try to keep an open mind with everything. Try to see things from all different angles. Like I said, we don't want to just be like, yep, yeah, that's not true. That's why all three of us work together, because we all come in with a different mindset. In the yeah, we're not trying to be like Snopes. Yeah, fuck Snopes. We like to entertain the ideas. We like to tickle your pineal gland. That's right. But thank you, Smugly the Bear. I love you. Thank you so much, Smugly. All right. So the next review is from 69J Con left at... 69J Con from Australia, left on 720. Uh, it's four stars with a subject line that reads, Gone Downhill. They go on to say, What's my favorite podcast till recently? Don't need to say why. All right, well, thank you for the four stars, 69J Con. And, uh, all right, that's all I really have to say. Thanks for giving it a four star. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's from Asin, Asin City of Angels, uh, left on... July 20th, Quintetto, keep it coming, five stars. Loving season two. Helps me get through the first couple hours of my workday. Love the new host. Cracked me up that someone said her voice made it, made him fall asleep. Love you guys. Yeah, we still aren't sure if that was a compliment or an insult. Yeah. But I, it still makes <laughs> me smile. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, City of Angels. Love you. You're awesome. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the review. Much love. The next review is from Derek underscore RJ, left on 720, titled Walt Disney Frozen Theory, with five stars. Hey guys, I really like the podcast, and I gave it a five-star rating. I haven't seen all the episodes yet, so I don't know if you've heard of this theory, but it's basically a theory that when Walt Disney died, he had his head frozen so that when the technology comes, he could be brought back to life. 
It is also the reason they made the movie Frozen, so that way when you search Walt Disney Frozen, the movie comes up instead of anything about him. Maybe it could be connected to Hitler in some way because of the cartoon where Donald Duck was a Nazi? I think that would be a good theory to cover, but besides that, keep up the good podcast. Yeah, thank you, Derek. I have heard that theory, creating the cartoon Frozen, so that when you search Disney Frozen, all that comes up is the cartoon and not Walt Disney getting his head frozen. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting theory, but thank you for bringing that to our attention again and starting that discussion. I love you. Yes, for sure. I know in the Disney, we didn't talk about that. In that episode, we released census review. Uh, but thank you for bringing it back up again, just so people are aware. If you want to see Disney's head frozen information, go DuckDuckGo. That's right. DuckDuckGo. Yeah, yep. Thank you for the review and the five stars. And yeah, that, that's an interesting theory. Definitely heard it, but did not hear about it can be connected to Hitler in any way. So that's an interesting angle to come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. This last review is from Nets Ayali. Left on 721. It is five stars with this title, Amazing Show. They go on to say, I just discovered this podcast last week and I'm officially caught up. Love the content. Love how you guys transmit the information. I think Anna is amazing. She has detailed information and goes to an extent to get as much information as possible. Love the Hopi Prophecy episode. Keep up the good work because I'm a fan already. Thank you so much for the kind words. Hopi is. That and Hemi Sink are like my favorite two episodes. So uh, it makes me feel good that you are, you enjoy that. And um, thanks again for the love. Thank you for the love. Thank you for everything. Nets, you're awesome. You're amazing. Yes, thank you for the review and five stars. Much love. All right, so that's the end of the ratings and reviews. I just want to thank all of our listeners for the love and support that you're showing us, you know, and that you're understanding that next week our regular episode's going to be postponed because of some updates we got to do to the coding in our site. I'll take full responsibility for messing up when building it. So if you want to lash out at anybody, lash out at me. Okay. But you like it. Sometimes I do. Ooh. I wanted to thank you all for joining us today and thank you all again for your support. You are amazing. Every single one of you. So with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone.